Hey, this is Mike Portnoy of Sons of Apollo and the Winery Dogs and the Neil Morse Band, Flying Colors, Transatlantic, <laughs> Metal Allegiance, and I'm hanging here with Sonic Perspectives. another interview of Sonic Perspectives. I'm Rodrigo Altaf, and on the phone with me today is a drummer that needs zero introduction, Mr. Mike Portnoy. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, we're going to try to address all your current projects to the extent that's possible, but uh, let's talk first about Sons of Apollo, new album to be released in about a month, and two songs already revealed. Uh, tell us about the writing and recording of the album and how each member contributed. Well, the... Uh... The process was kind of the same. Uh, we, we felt like we really had a good chemistry the first time around, so we didn't want to mess with it too much. So uh, the process was similar. Basically, um, myself and Derek and Bumblefoot got together at my place uh, to kind of get all the music together. And, and Derek and Bumblefoot had a million riffs and ideas and bits and pieces. So the three of us kind of sifted through everything and spent a lot of time arranging it and developing it. Um, you know, piecing it together. And uh, finally, you know, once we had all of the music fleshed out, uh, we went out to L.A. and Derek and I uh, recorded our basic tracks. And from there, um, Jeff Scott Soto took, took the music and wrote his lyrics and melodies. And, you know, Derek and I spent a lot of time shaping everything, uh, you know, with, with him. Um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, we basically spent the rest of the year, everybody getting their parts done and, and getting the album done. Okay. My first impression is that it's certainly a little bit more cohesive effort than the first one. Uh, for me, there are a lot of standout moments, a lot of light and shade in the tracks. And I love how you guys combine the heaviness with, uh, I want to say funk on Wither to Black, for example. Can you tell us about that song in particular? That one in particular um, was based off of a riff that Bumblefoot brought in. Uh, I think the, the name of the original riff was Rush Garden because it was kind of like a cross between Rush and Soundgarden. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, I remember when we put that one together, the whole idea was for that to be a more concise song. Uh, definitely the verses have a cool kind of bluesy uh, kind of uh, swagger to them, which is you know totally up Jeff's alley. Jeff, Jeff is great because he brings a lot of that swagger and that funk uh and that smooth AOR kind of voice to a, you know, to a hard rock and a prog band. A lot of times a prog band will have like a more operatic singer, but Jeff really brings uh, a smooth kind of funk and feel to, to everything he does. Yeah. I, I normally don't like to do associations like this, but I think asphyxiation has a, a bit of a callback to Just Let Me Breathe from Falling to Infinity. Am I right? Uh, maybe. I, I, I actually hear a little bit of uh, Caught in the Web as well. Oh, yeah. The middle section, yeah. the middle section with, the, with the never-ending run-ons uh, is definitely a callback to that. But, you know, that's what happens when you have two uh, ex-members from Dream Theater writing together. Inevitably, that's, that's part of our DNA. Uh, but asphyxiation in particular was something that Derek mainly brought in. 
And uh, yeah, it calls back to a little bit of Just Let Me Breathe, Caught in the Web, but it also, uh, uh, you know, reminds me of uh, maybe some of the kind of stuff like we had in, in uh, Lost in Oblivion on the first album. Uh, and uh, the Derek's uh, working title for that main riff was called uh, Nine Inch Mashuga. So <laughs> basically, the, the, instrumental, the instrumental working title for Asphyxiation was called Nim uh, throughout the whole writing process. All right, man, one day we need to release a, an extra album with just the working titles of these songs because they rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites on the new album is uh, Desolate July, which has a dose of blues in it, and it's classic Soto. He shows that soulful anger that you referred to uh, a while ago on, his, on this track, right? Yeah, well, Desolate July um, is definitely a real personal thing for Jeff because uh, he wrote those lyrics for our dear friend David Z that was killed in the um, adrenaline mob uh, uh, automobile accident a few years ago. And mm -hmm. David was a, a dear friend of mine, and he was obviously a dear friend of Jeff's. He was the bass player in Jeff's solo band. So those lyrics were written for him, and um, they're obviously very, very heartfelt and special for Jeff. Uh, and actually, we have a, a video coming out for that soon in a few weeks, which is a, a real nice tribute to our friend Dave. Oh, okay. I didn't know about that. It's cool that you pay homage to him. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think the song with the craziest structure on the album is King of Delusion, which I bet is a Derek song. I'm, I'm, I'm betting here, but uh, is it? Well, it stemmed from a Derek idea. I don't think anything is um, a song from any one particular person. I think okay. everything is a melting pot of, of all the ideas. But surely King of Delusion stemmed from Derek. He came in with um, this really cool classical piano piece, and I've, I'd never really heard him do anything like that before so it was definitely a cool thing uh to work off of so we ended up um building this whole song um and you know we had this uh, kind of piano drum duet in the middle and some of the main riffs on the verses and stuff kind of stemmed from uh some ideas that derek had had on some of his earlier solo albums actually we kind of revisited some of the riffs and some of the the grooves and uh, kind of incorporated them. So yeah, I, I think King of Delusion is, is definitely one of my favorites on the album. It's kind of a bit of a, a mini epic. It kind of reminds me of that kind of early Ozzy, Diary of a Madman era kind of feel. Yeah, very much so. And tell us about that feel at the start of uh, Fall to Ascent. It's almost like you're channeling your inner Dave Lombardo on that one. Yeah, totally. Dave <laughs> Lombardo or, or Bron Daler. Reminds yeah. me a little bit of something Bron from Mastodon would do. Uh, it, it wasn't originally there. Originally, the song just began with, with the riff. Uh, but I, I don't know why. Just one day I was in the studio. I was like, you know what? Give me, give me four bars. Uh, you know, give me four bars uh, intro, and I just improvised it and just, you know, it's just what came out. Okay, and then of course we have the epic ending of uh, New World Today that goes everywhere stylistically with lots of fusion added in, like this massive chorus and even a thrash metal section. I mean, that song alone would warrant a whole interview to break it down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in there. It's a, it's a giant melting pot of uh, all these various ideas we had sitting on the table. And we figured we wanted to do something um, epic in the vein of what we did with Opus Maximus on the first album. But we didn't want to have another instrumental. So we kind of took the framework and idea of Opus Maximus, but developed it into a full-fledged um, song with, with different subtitles and sections and subdivisions. Uh, yeah, so it has so many ups and downs, that whole open guitar 
kind of intro and then uh you know goes through all these vocal sections in the middle has uh, all these crazy uh bumblefoot riffs so yeah it's definitely a a crazy journey yeah indeed um tell us about the album cover uh you had the mythological feel on the first one and now we have the crest of the band again but with a more polished look and like a spatial kind of look what's the intention there well um You know, we named the album uh, 2020 or, or 2020 or MMXX, however you want to refer to it. But yeah. the whole idea was that um, this is the first, the first, one of the first releases of the next decade, you know. Um, so we're, we're walking into a new decade. So we, we figured we would take, uh, you know, the, the look of the band and, the, and the, the crest and everything and launch it into the 21st century. You know, the first album had a real ancient feel so uh with an album title like 2020 we wanted it to you know to kind of bring us into the the present and into the future good stuff and i know you're the set list guru of this band and pretty much all the other bands you're part of uh, it must be a great feeling to have two albums worth of material to draw from yeah it's it's going to be nice this upcoming tour to actually just concentrate on all sons of apollo music at this point so that's a uh, it's always nice when you get to your second album and then you can actually do that Yeah, I told Derek this. As great as the covers were on the first tour, I kept wondering what it would be like to see a full set of your own material, so I'm looking forward to it. And I have a bit of a controversial question, if you will. Uh, maybe I should have asked you when the first album came out, but uh, what was it like to reconnect with Derek after so many years? I know you did the PSMS thing with Tony McAlpine. I mean, uh, who, called, who called who to bury the hatchet? Uh, the hatchet was already buried. You know, even once, uh, you know, once he split from Dream Theater... He and I stayed in touch, um, and I always, you know, I always stayed friendly with him. Uh, so really, the hatchet was buried, you know, right away between the two of us. But as soon as I left Dream Theater, um, one of the first things I got asked to do was some some performance at NAM, I think it was, where they, you know, wanted me to put together a band. So I immediately called Derek and had this this lineup in my head of Derek and Billy and Tony. So that's how PSMS kind of started. And we had such a fun time doing that tour. Uh, you know, Derek was always kind of egging me on to try to put together a real band, uh, you know, and writing some music and adding a singer. So it took a few years for me to be able to have uh, uh, some availability in my schedule. But eventually we came around and then Sons of Apollo was born. Right. And uh, let's talk about your other endeavors, if we can. This has been a very busy year for you, as usual. Uh, and you just finished a, a short run of shows with Flying Colors. How did that go? That was amazing. It's um, such a special band, and we all love playing with each other. We all wish we could do it more often. Um, you, know, it, 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 you know, we're kind of restricted in that band uh, with how much we can do and how often we can do it. But when we do, uh, it's very, very special and very magical. It's just a great, great group of guys and styles um, put together in that band. And we filmed the last show in London for an upcoming live DVD and Blu-ray and live album. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't make it all around the world to play for everybody. But uh, at least this live package will give everybody a, a chance to see the show right is there a chance of more touring like maybe one year from now or something like that for this uh first for this uh, third album or not really mm, i mean i you know we never i never say never and surely we would love to but i, I don't think it's going to be likely because uh you know uh 
at least for me and Neil, you know, Flying Colors is one of our three bands together. So we kind of have to be very strategic with how they hopscotch, you know, and now that the Flying Colors cycle is over, Neil and I, the next thing for us is Transatlantic because we're working on a new Transatlantic album. So that's kind of next for us. And then uh, next up after that would be the Neil Morse band. So, you know, we, Neil and I have to kind of hopscotch uh, the bands and be very strategic about, you know, when they go out. The problem with coming back to Flying Colors, the problem is um, not to blame anybody, but just to be realistic, Steve has very um, uh, limited control over his schedule because he's kind of at the mercy of, of Deep Purple. You know, like yeah. Neil and I can say, okay, well, we're going to just, we, Neil and I can control our schedule and say, okay, well, this this window here is for, the, for Flying Colors and we just block it out. But Steve can't really have that kind of control over Deep Purple. He has to kind of go according to what what they're doing. Um, and so we're kind of at, at Purple's mercy and they don't always let him know six to nine months in advance uh, his availability. So we're, you know, as long as they're still going, we kind of have to function this way in flying colors, which is frustrating, but it's the reality, you know? Yeah. And if, if purple ever slows down in the future, then maybe flying colors can, can be a little bit more active, but until then, you know, we're happy with what we can, well, what we can get. I see. And I think in between the flying colors, uh, tour this year, you visited my country, Brazil to tour with Noturnal. And I saw the pictures in your diary. And aside from the show starting very late, it seems you had a great time there. Yeah, it was a great time. It was, um, you know, that's obviously not one of my bands or side projects. That was just something I was a special guest uh, invited to, to join them for their tour. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to revisit some Dream Theater material. I got to revisit some Adrenaline Mob material. Um, yeah, it was just a good a good time. I, I'm really glad I was able to do it. Right. And another band you did a short tour with this year was the Winery Dogs. What's the status of the band now? And is there a chance of a new album next year or in, maybe in two years' time? Yeah, we uh, we reunited for some shows over the summer in America, and it was just for the fun of it, you know, just for no other reason than to just, you know, play together again because it had been a few years. And, you know, I think it reignited our love for each other and, I think it showed us that there's still so many fans out there you know, that love this band. So, yeah, it reignited our um, desire to to make another record. So uh, I think uh, as soon as we can, we will. Right now, Billy and I are going to be busy with Sons of Apollo, and Richie is busy with his 50th birthday project, uh, album and tour. So uh, hopefully, hopefully the, our fingers are crossed that by mid next year we can uh, get together to start work on an album and then hopefully if all goes well maybe have it out in 21 oh okay and at the same time you recorded the new uh, transatlantic album i think it's already complete right do you have a tentative release date yet and will there be a tour for it it's um penciled in for next september hmm. um we're we're still working on it actually i mean we we wrote it all and i tracked all my drums But now, uh, throughout the coming months, the other guys are going to have to, uh, you know, be working on their their tracks. But yeah, um, it's it's underway and it's it's amazing, and we're excited by it. Um, and I think we're scheduled for September. As far as touring goes, uh, we have to wait and see Pete's um, schedule with Marillion. It's a very similar situation uh, from you know that we have with Steve and Deep Purple. It's very similar with Pete and Marillion as well. So. Uh, We'll see, and hopefully we can uh, be touring ASAP after the re album comes out. 
Okay. And uh, let's talk Metal Allegiance for a minute. You also did a handful of shows this year, and one side effect of it was the Made in America album with uh, you, Phil Demo, Bobby Blitz, and Mark Mengi. Tell us about both bands, if you can, and when can we expect the Made in America album to come out? Yeah, it's actually not Made in America. It's called American Made. Oh, American Made. Sorry. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that is... Um, that, I wouldn't even call that a project or a band, you know? Like, I remember uh, Mengi hit me up. He's like, hey, man, let's just do an album of, like, 70s American rock covers. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. That's awesome. Is it going to be Metal Allegiance? And he's like, well, no, it's not really Metal Allegiance. It's going to be something else entirely. And I was like, oh, God, I can't have another band. I already have six. I, I can't make it seven. So, <laughs> um, the whole idea was this is it's not a band. It's not a project. It's just an album. It's just a fun album with a bunch of friends just jamming and hanging out. So basically Mark Mengi and Phil Demel and Bobby Blitz, they came to my house and we just hung out and just jammed all these covers. And it's a lot of fun. It's a great album of all American 70s bands, not necessarily metal bands, more rock bands like Cactus and Mountain and Grand Funk. Oh, but okay. we metal everything up. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be out sometime next year. Um, but it's, it's not Metal Allegiance. It kind of stemmed from the Metal Allegiance family, but it's something entirely different. Okay. With uh, Metal Allegiance, I think there's one show scheduled already for 2020, but uh, not much activity, right, next year? Yeah, we have our annual... Um, Anaheim show around the NAM show in January. That's pretty much every year. That's always the first show I do. And it's always the big metal event of the year. And this year's lineup is, is crazy. Um, joining me on drums will be Dave Lombardo. And then uh, the list of guitar So it's me and Dave on drums. The list of guitar players is insane. We have, of course, Alex Skolnick and Phil Demo. Uh, we have Gary Holt. We have Andreas Kisser, Jeff Loomis um doyle uh doyle so it's 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 in an insane lineup and then so many great singers we got chuck billy and john bush and mark asageda and uh who else bobby blitz and Alyssa, and so yeah it's it's always a who's who of metal and it's always uh an amazing time and one of my favorite shows each year very cool and the band you toured the most with this year i believe was the new morris band uh there's a new live album on the way to close the chapter of uh, the great adventure but are there talks already of new album yeah like i said earlier neil and i have to kind of hopscotch our three bands so uh you know we just we did neil morris band early this year then came flying colors next is transatlantic but then uh neil morris band is back in line after the transatlantic cycle so uh You know, we always have to think at least a year ahead. So, um, you know, if Transatlantic is coming out at the end of 2020 and maybe touring at the beginning of 21, uh, we would hope to have a new Neil Morse Band album out by mid-21, which means we have to start recording it next year. So okay. it's just like this never-ending juggling of schedules that we have to do. But, yeah, you know, we, we want to make sure every band gets its fair share in the spotlight because we're so proud of, of each of them. Right. And I have a different question. It's about uh, Neil Peart, who is one of your main influences and now a friend of yours. He did something on the second half of his career where he deconstructed his playing and reinvented himself. Would you consider doing the same eventually and sort of taking classes again and sort of deconstructing your style? Well, it sounds like a, a nice fantasy, sure. If, if, <laughs> but uh, I, I think my life is, is very, very different from where Neil's was when he did that. Neil had one band 
uh, and he would tour for a year, but then he would probably go, you know, have a few years off. So yeah. he had the luxury of time off from Rush, time at home. Uh, I don't have that. I literally am juggling six bands. So when one ends, the next begins. And when that ends, the next begins. It's just a never-ending uh, cycle that, yeah. that I don't have that kind of available time. I have so little available time right now that when I do, the last thing I want to do is get behind a drum set. Right. I, spend it, <laughs> I spend my whole life in behind the drum set with the six bands I'm a part of and he at six bands but then there's also these other things like nocturnal or the American made thing I mean you know even above and beyond the six bands there's other things that come up that I'm always drumming for so um yeah in a nice fantasy world it would be great to reinvent myself and learn all these new techniques but realistically with my life and my schedule it's it's just merely impossible I see and just quickly because I know you like to do retrospectives on things. What's your favorite movie of this year, and what's the, your favorite album, if you can name one? Not done by you, of course. Yeah, well, I have my, uh, you know, I, I do my annual lists every year, so I'll be putting them out real soon, but uh, it's been an amazing year for, for movies and TV and music. My, my list yeah. this year is um, massive. It's going to be hard to narrow down to 10. It's just been a great year for, for media. Uh, I mean, some of my favorite films this year were Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman and Joker. Those are probably my top three. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, all three of those were, were amazing. Uh, some of my favorite albums this year were um, Opeth and Tool and Devin Townsend. Um, you know, my list will go deeper when I release it, but those are the three that come to mind off the top of my head. Okay. As far as TV... Uh, my three favorites were probably, uh, well, Too Old to Die Young, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's 13-hour mammoth epic masterpiece. Uh, Dark on Netflix, I loved that. Uh, Euphoria on HBO was amazing. So, yeah, I'm going to put out my formal list real soon, but those are some of the top ones off the top of my head. Right, good stuff. And going back to Sons of Apollo, we've seen two videos already, Fall to Ascend and Goodbye Divinity. There's a third one coming for, what was the song that he said? Desolate July. Desolate July, yeah. So uh, were you involved in scripting the videos like you used to do? Yeah, I work hand-in-hand with, um, I, I have a, a, a few guys that are pretty much my go-to guys for all the bands I'm with. So uh, if you look at maybe the last 25 music videos that I've done, um, whether it be Winery Dogs, Sons of Apollo, Neil Moore's Band, Flying Colors, uh, they've all been with Vicente Cordero, who's uh, him and his brother are based out in L.A., and they've done pretty much my last couple dozen videos. And, you know, uh, and then there's also a lot of the lyric videos or the animated videos are with Christian Rios. So between Vicente and Christian, you know, they've done my last, 30 or so music videos, whether they be performance ones or lyric ones. And I just have a great relationship with both of those guys in, in, in both cases, you know, um, you know, I could give them an idea or a vision, uh, you know, this should be kind of this color or this color or uh, this kind of look. And, uh, you know, they'll basically work, we'll work together. They capture the footage and then I'll oversee the editing and stuff and work on the cuts with them. In fact, as soon as we get off the phone, I'm about to go through the latest cut of the Desolate July video. So, um, yeah, both of these guys are, are really kind of a great, great visual artists that I've been working with in all of my bands. 
and not only the music videos, but also like Christian Rios has been uh, very, very hands-on with all the videos that go on the screens behind us live on tour, whether it be Flying Colors or Neil Morse bands or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, but in, in, in all cases, I'm very hands-on with that stuff. I'm always the band member that oversees the cuts and the edits and uh, the same with the live DVDs. You know, I'm the one that oversees all that and the packaging and the layouts and the content. Um, it's just one of my bigger passions is the whole video and, and film side of, of, of what all the bands I'm a part of. Okay, and uh, the Sons of Apollo Truth starts on January 24th, and Tony McAlpine is the opening act. Uh, can we expect Tony to jam with Sons of Apollo or vice versa? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no definitive plans yet, but we talked about it. It would be great to have him join us mm-hmm. or maybe the encore because, um, you know, obviously he's part of the history of this band that, you know, before Sons of Apollo, we, we were doing PSMS with Tony. So, uh, you know, he really is a part of the extended family. So, um, yeah. yeah, it would yeah. be nice to do something together. We haven't worked it out just yet, but uh, fingers are crossed that we'll do something like that. Right. And one one thing I expected, actually, when the first album came out, is that you guys would join a more established band to sort of establish the band and get your message across to a bigger audience. So, like, Priest or Maiden, for example, was that ever considered? Or you guys just want to tour as headliners? Or No, I don't want to tour as a headliner. I, I Honestly, <laughs> I would much, much rather be a support band, um, you know, uh, to me, that was that was my goal for Sons of Apollo was to be opening for a Maiden or a Priest or a Sabbath or or even you know another style band like Alter Bridge or Slash or something like that. I, you know, yeah. there's so many different style bands that we would be able to work with, uh, but nobody's invited us. You know, you can't just <laughs> jump onto a tour. You have to be invited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I think honestly, none of us want to be out there in clubs, you know, playing to our existing audience you know we would love to be introduced to uh a wider fan base and and i think sons of apollo could easily cross over to a lot of those audiences uh but once again you, you have to be invited yeah you know we we still hope that maybe someday we'll be invited but uh as of now we'll just keep doing what we're doing and and that's you know that's that's what we're going to do Fair enough. Well, I have my ticket for February 2nd here in Toronto at the Mod Club, so I'll make sure I'll say hello. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, Mike, thank you for your time. I want to wish you happy holidays and a great 2020, and see you in a few weeks here in Toronto. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Okay, folks, that was our interview with Mike Portnoy from Sons of Apollo, New Morse Band, Transatlantic, The Winery Dogs, Metal Allegiance, and many other bands. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to leave you now with the song Fall to Ascend from Sons of Apollo's upcoming album, 2020. Take care and progress!